I'm Hilary Walker and I'm the wife of Derek Walker, pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. I wanted to share my testimony with you. I was born um, in England and my parents went to church every single Sunday. And we thought because we were born in a Christian country and that we went to church every Sunday that we, we, we were going to heaven. Actually, that really wasn't accurate, but we thought we were okay. Well, um, I went to work as a medical secretary in London, and I had a good friend there, and um, she started investigating into other religions. And I excitedly went along to the meetings that she invited me to. Um, we went to the Spiritist, uh, and we, we became really New Ages. And what uh, we believed was that um, lots of different things, actually, that we would be re reincarnated again and again and again. So if you didn't do too well in this life, you, you know, you've got another life to come. Also, that um, Jesus Christ was not the Son of God. He was an ordinary man, very good man. And that um, with all these different lives that we were going through, we would be so refined that we would... Uh, be exactly like him and do exactly the same things that he did as as you know uh, that is absolutely not true but I believed it and I put my bible on one side and I had all these books at the at my bedside uh, and I used to go to spiritist meetings because um, my dear friend her mother and father died and she went to the spiritist concept spiritist association and she had great comfort from somebody who said that her mother was speaking to her and little messages and um, everything seemed absolutely wonderful and she took me to something called the truth forum uh, the fact that I'd actually buried the truth appeared to be neither here nor there in my life anyway I followed this and one time I went to visit my auntie I mean with my parents and I was perfectly healthy one day, and the next morning I was in dreadful pain. Uh, I, I mean, it was like raging toothache. Um, it was a very hot pain. It felt like needles going into every joint. Well, first of all, it started in my shoulders and they were completely locked. Uh, and it got worse. It went to every single joint in my body. And I was in pain all day. And all night. Well, I must have slept a bit. Um, but the only painkillers I had was something called CODIS. And I think you're not, well, you have a certain amount you can take and you can take them four hours later. And I remember watching the clock till I could get my next fix. Uh, the doctor was very tired of seeing me because all the anti-inflammatories that he tried, that he, he gave me to try, actually had horrible side effects, strangely enough. And I was got to such a point that I lined up all my drugs and I thought if I swallow all these then I can end all this pain, this terrible, terrible pain that I feel that I, I'm never going to recover from. Uh, I got so weak actually in my arms that I couldn't really lift, I couldn't lift a full cup of tea to my mouth and my parents had to cut my food up and the way I would eat is that I would just get the fork to there and then I could then I could eat and I was embarrassed to see anybody I was I was like a hermit actually and all this happened over a period of not years actually but but months 
Um, and as I said, I got really depressed, but I had a horrible, horrible dream. It was so real that I find it difficult to say it was a dream. And it was a dream that I was falling down a tunnel and it was slippery and it was pitch black, couldn't see anything. And I was screaming and screaming for help. And I just went down and down and down and down and down. And it just seemed like it was a bottomless pit. Actually, the Bible talks of a bottomless pit, but I'd never heard of it. And suddenly I landed in my bed, bang. And I literally bounced on the bed. And my screaming had brought my parents into the bedroom. And they said, it's just a terrible, terrible dream. But, you know, I've never forgotten it. It was so real. I can, I can even feel it right now. I do think that was a warning from the Lord, but I was so thick. Nah, I went on my unhappy, unhappy way. Um, and so what happened was that I went to see the doctor and he was so tired of seeing me. You'll never believe this. Um, he actually left me. <laughs> he... He decided to go home and leave me on my own in the, uh, with my mum, I'm sorry, in the waiting room. And uh, we thought it's got very quiet and everybody seems to have gone and went to the receptionist who I'm so grateful hadn't locked the premises up. Uh, and she said, oh, doctor went, <laughs> went home half an hour ago. So uh, I was desperate and I said, let's try the health food store. Well, we never actually got to the health food store. I bumped into a lady called Jeannie Price. If ever that was a divine appointment, um, that was in my life, only I didn't realize. And um, I had worked uh, at the hospital in, in Oxford and she was the appointments clerk. And she said, how are you doing? You know, where are you working now? And I had to put my hands in my pocket of my coat because I just couldn't bear the weight of my shoulders. And so I told her the whole sad story. And she said, look, there's a healing evangelist um, and he's coming. He's going to have a big meeting in the town hall. I think it was like two or three weeks. She said, you must come. She said, because when I went, I had cervical spondylosis and God healed me and I'm perfectly healed. And uh, so she said, and God will heal you too. And I thought, yeah, and cows can fly. Anyway, she promised that she would come and take me to the meeting. I'd actually totally forgotten about this with all the pain. And um, she came, the first night she came, um, my papa saw her off the front door step. And the second night also he told her to go away. And um, because I'd said to him, get that crazy woman out because I'd taken so many painkillers. It was a most extraordinary feeling. I felt as though I wasn't out of my body, but it felt like it. And I could hear my voice as though it was a long way away. And I said to him, get that crazy woman out of here, please. Which, um, bless him, he did. Anyway, the third night, and I didn't realize they'd all been praying for me, uh, Jeannie arrives at the doorstep. And Jeannie was a much taller and wider than my little mum. And so she pushed past her and came to the lounge where I was lying on the settee. And she gave one look at me and she pointed a finger and said, you are coming with me tonight. And do you know, I was amazed. I went like a lamb. I obeyed her. I did everything she told me to do. And she took us to the, the town hall. And we 
we, well, I needed two people to get me up the stairs. Um, Jeannie had forgotten that there was a lift. And so it took a long time to get up those steps with my little mum on one side and Jeannie on the other. And then we sat down and um, I was a snob. Uh, there was a keyboardist and it had smiled, Jesus loves you. Bearing in mind I'd been into the occult, I gave one look at that and I was so angry absolutely furious and I wanted to leave fortunately Jeannie was on the outside and I was too weak I tried to leave but she pushed me down in the chair and I thought I'm I'm stuck I'm absolutely stuck and then they sang songs which in my arrogance I thought these are soppy I really have to tell you all this because I want to show you how marvelous the Lord Jesus Christ is um, and the, the minister started speaking and I understand that on that night, it was the first and only time he ever spoke against um, spiritism. But that night, he said that it was evil. And I was so offended. I thought, These are my friends. How dare you? You don't even know anything about it. And I remember him referring to the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, in all our church going, I'd never heard that. And there was a voice inside my head. I've never had a voice inside my head before. And not since. And this voice said, and I forgive the language, but this is exactly what it said. Load of codswallop. Don't listen to him. And I didn't. I completely turned off. I have no idea what Fred said. And then I remember him giving the invitation to go up and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I sat there thinking, I'm not going. And a voice inside my heart which I've never experienced before, but I have actually since I've been born again. But it said, if you don't go now, you will die. Well, I mean, I, I moved as fast as I possibly could to get there. But even then, when I, I'd received Jesus, as I prayed the prayer and asked God to forgive me of my sins. I mean, there was a, there was a whole bunch of us. Um, and we prayed to receive Jesus into our hearts. Even then, I'm thinking, I hope there's nobody here who knows who I am because they'll just go and tell everybody. Um, and I'm amazed because the next time, when, when it was time to, to go up for healing, if I'd been the Lord Jesus Christ, I would have said, well, actually, you've got a terrible attitude. Um, you know, if you come back in a couple of months, then I'll heal you. That's not our Lord Jesus Christ. I was standing in line and the lady in front of me, he laid hands on her and she literally floated. It seemed like she floated back. I mean, somebody caught her and I thought, I'm not going down. It's all mucky down there. Anyway, when I stood in front of Fred, he had piercing blue eyes that were full of love, which I'd never seen in any doctor or surgeon that I'd seen. And he said, God has saved your soul. He's now going to heal your body. Um, and I thought that would be nice. Anyway, he laid his hands on my head. First of all, he, he commanded the spirit of arthritis to leave. And I remember excruciating pain. I mean, it was a thousand times worse. But he kept his hand there. But then it was like, and it didn't hurt and it wasn't scary at all. I felt like the top of my head opened and this amazing power, it was so powerful, 
It was warm, it was gentle, and it literally oozed all the way down. I could just feel it going all the way through to my body, right down to my feet. And then literally I floated backwards. I mean, I didn't care if there was anyone there or not. And when I lay on the ground, I felt this power running up and down my, my arms, all over me, all over me. And I, my heart was, was beating, but it wasn't scary. And then after a little while, um, Fred helped me to my feet. And he said to me, now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, raise your arms. And because they'd been locked. And I thought, he doesn't know I can't do it, but I suppose I better do as I'm told. And as I began, began to do it, it was like my arms were featherweight, they were light, whereas before I, I couldn't move, I could move the joints easily, and I'd been stuck. I mean, literally stuck like this for weeks and weeks and weeks. I was totally healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I was different. Uh, it was the next morning, and I always looked at my horoscope just to see what my life was going to be like. And as I opened the page to the horoscope, I had such a revulsion. I was amazed. It was like, ah, I can't look at this. And I literally tore it up. I lived by that 24 hours previously. I was totally, totally different inside. And I am so grateful to the Lord because that moment of bumping into Jeannie Price, of, of going to the town hall, receiving Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. And Jeannie Price was such a good, such a good friend. She would not let me go. Um, she would encourage me. Um, she took me to the meeting. She introduced me to all her friends. She introduced me to a lovely lady's coffee morning where we would read the Bible and we would pray. And it was exciting. I thought all this stuff was going to be boring, but it was so exciting. And if it hadn't been for that dear lady who would not take no for an answer, I hate to think, well, I'd be dead by now. I know I would. And I would have gone straight to hell. That I'm absolutely sure. But now I know that I've, because I asked Jesus to forgive my sins and to receive him as my Lord and my Savior, I know that I know that I know that when I leave this body, I will go straight to be with him in paradise. Not because I'm good enough, but because he paid the price. I, I, I didn't deserve being saved. I was horrible, really horrible but he still loved me. I rejected him. I rejected him and I led people down the wrong path and he still forgave me and he still loved me. And he loves you too. He loves you so much and he wants to be close to you. He's not judging, he's not condemning. He just wants to help you and rescue you. He rescued me and I know that he, he, he wants to rescue you too. Um, what I wanted to share with is that um, in the scriptures it tells us that um, Jesus is the Son of God. Um, our Lord Jesus Christ said of himself that no man cometh to the Father except through the Son. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Um, 
And we look at the scriptures and Romans um, 3.23 tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when I read that, having come back from the town hall, I knew that I knew that's the truth. Whereas when I read it before, I think, oh, really? I'm a nice person. I'm not a sinner. But when I came back from the town hall, I realized, yes, I had been a sinner. I really had. And it says that the wages, the wages of sin is death. I was on my way to death. I had considered seriously committing suicide. And had I done it, had I been successful, I would have died and I would have gone to hell for all eternity. I know that I know that is true. But also in Romans, it tells us whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I called upon his name, not in a particularly good attitude, but his mercy and grace is so huge that he, he accepted me and he loved me and he's loved me through all the ups and all the downs and he's given me a wonderful, wonderful life. I never would have had the life that I have now. And as I said before, I know that I know that I would have died young. Absolutely, I would have died young the way I was going. And so in Revelation, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and not the door of your heart. And I'm knocking. And he said, if any man or any woman hears my voice, I heard his voice that night, and opens the door of their heart, and I opened the door of my heart, he promised, I will come in. It was, we said, whoever, whoever. And I was a whoever. And I opened the door of my heart, and he said, whoever opens, opens the door, I will come in to him, to her, and I will sup with him and he with me. That's fellowship. That's really close fellowship. Jesus longs to be close to you. He longs to heal you. He longs to rescue you. His love is just overwhelming. And he's longing for you to open the door of your heart. And oh, he, he paid a terrible, terrible price on that cross. Well, actually... His torments began at his trial. I mean, he had an illegal trial. If any of us feel that we've been hard done by, our Lord Jesus Christ went through terrible, terrible times. He was utterly, totally innocent. They couldn't let any of their evil um, accusations stick. And yet they pronounced him guilty. And what absolutely amazed me, that the minute they pronounced him guilty, these uh, religious folk uh, kind of jumped down from their days and they started beating him round the head with, with, with rods. They pulled his beard out, they spat in his face and actually to pull a man's beard out at that time in that country was considered the utmost insult. And you know still today if someone spits in your face it means that they think of you, you're in the gutter you you are less than a human being and that's what they did to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and then he was taken before Pilate Pilate could find absolutely nothing wrong with him by the way his trials were at night which were totally illegal 
Every one of those trials was illegal by their law. Anyway, they take him to, um, uh, to Pilate, and it's kind of interesting. They wouldn't go in because they didn't want to defile themselves because the Sabbath was coming up. Defile! They're taking an innocent man and trying to get him crucified. So they took him to, um, to Pilate, and Pilate could find nothing wrong with him. Jesus really wouldn't answer, and Pilate was absolutely amazed. And so Jesus didn't answer his, uh, his, his questioning. Um, and Pilate said, don't you realize that I've got the power of, of death over you? And Jesus said, you could not have it unless it was given to you. Anyway, he asked the, the how can I call it, rent a mob. Um, he said that uh, there is a tradition um, that I, I let go a prisoner. Um, who do you choose? A Barabbas, who was a, a known criminal and murderer, or Jesus? And they all screamed, Jesus, crucify him, crucify him. So what actually amazed me that although he knew that he was totally innocent, and I don't think that scourging always came before being crucified, they flogged Jesus with the most terrible whip, and it literally ripped the muscles on, on his back. I mean, he was bleeding from head to toe. And you know, it's the blood of Jesus that has paid the price for my salvation, for the salvation of every single man, woman, and child on this earth. I wanted to share some scriptures with you, and it says that, but as many as received Jesus, he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. If you believe in his name, scripture says you have a right to become a child of God. Uh, and that's through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus loves you so very much and he wants to be so close to you but he needs your permission actually. He needs you to ask him into your heart. As Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear me, and open the door, I will come into him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. Would you like to receive the wonderful gift of eternal life, and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you do, let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you, and I believe that Jesus, you are the Son of God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins so that I can be forgiven and receive eternal life. I believe you rose from the dead and you are alive right now. Please come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving all my sins. I receive your gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, I give my heart to you and I confess you are my Lord and my Saviour. Thank you for saving me. Amen.
When he comes into our heart, he comes in as our saviour. He forgives all our sins. He wipes the slate clean. And he also gives us his new life, his eternal life. He, he makes us his child. Praise God. And, uh, but when he comes in, he also comes in as our Lord. Because he is God. And so you have to surrender your heart to him. You have to commit yourself to him. You have to receive him as your Lord. There is a real submission in faith. It's trusting in him to save you, but also submitting to him as your Lord. You can't do any works to save yourself, but you do have to give him your heart. And be prepared to say, Jesus is my Lord. The Bible says that if you believe that he's risen from the dead and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the vision of this ministry is really to, to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God as far and wide as possible. And we are so grateful for those who, who have helped us in this way, financially and with your prayers. It really makes a huge difference that we can get the Word of God out on different platforms and spread it across the world, even in different languages. Thank you so much for all your help. It's so important to know the gospel and how to share the gospel. And that's why I've written an evangelism training course that you can actually use and work through yourself. It comes with a CD that gives you an example presentation of the gospel. And uh, it comes with a good news booklet as well. And, and you can do it in, in, in a group or individually to share the gospel. And I've also want to present this CD series with eight CDs on the Lordship of Christ. It's so important that we don't avoid this subject that Jesus is Lord as well as Saviour and this will present again the gospel to you, the true gospel that doesn't compromise and water as so often happens today. Jesus is Lord. If you go to our website oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk you'll see on the online shop all the different products we have available, books, CDs, DVDs. On top of that we actually have over 500 different DVDs available of all the TV programs we've ever done on different subjects. Now there are too many of them to kind of list to you but you can phone the office, you can send an email to us uh, at uh, obc.church at yahoo.co.uk uh, and you can ask for a list of all our DVDs and then you can perhaps order the ones that take your fancy. Join with us at Oxford Bible Church every Sunday at 11am Greenwich Mean Time for our live stream service or join us at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, ox 37 qh you can watch more of our teachings on our Roku channel and Derek Walker's YouTube channel. All Derek Walker's books are available in printed and Kindle versions in all Amazons worldwide or online with other great products where you can also support our programs at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.